This week's parsha is parsha's Kisisa. The Torah describes the Keteres. Keteres was one of the uh, Avedis in the Beis Hamikdash to bring spices that were uh, supposed to cause Hakadosh Baruch Hu to have Nachas Ruach. And the pasuk says in Parak Lamed pasuk Chav Gimel Ve'ata Kachlecha B'Samim Rosh. You should take for yourselves these spices. Mardurar. The first spice that's mentioned is Mardurar. Mardurar means pure myrrh. Myrrh is one of, is a spice, M-Y-R-R-H, and that is the first of the spices. The Gemara says, in Meseches Chulin, Dav Kuflam, the people of Papunoi. There was a city by the name of Papunoi, and the fine people that lived there once asked her of Masna, Mardechai minatayra minayin. How do we know Mardechai from the Torah? Everything is alluded to in the Torah. There's nothing that does not exist in the Torah. And they wanted to know from Rav Masna, where do you find Mardechai in the Torah? Mardechai is obviously in the Megillah, but in Torah itself, not in Nach, but in the Megillah, in the Torah, where is Mardechai's name alluded to? He, He was such a historic heroic figure in Klai Yisrael, there must be a place that we could find, that we can identify Mardachai earlier on, uh, that his imprint is in the Torah. Rav Masna, on the spot, answers the people of Papunai, and he says it's in this week's parsha. The Pasuk says, Mardurar, that first of the Samamanim, the first of the spices, the pure myrrh, and the Targum, if you look at the Targum on that, those two words, it's mira dachya. Mira dachya. The Aramaic for mardurar is mira dachya. Mira dachya phonetically is related to mardachai. Mira dachya. Mar dachai. And so that's the remez to mardachai in the Torah that he was the uh, he was the first of the spices. If you look in Rashi, in that Gemara and Chulen. He says, Mardurar, the Karilela Mardachai, Reish Lebesamim. We're calling here Mardachai the first, the Reish of all the Besamim. All the other spices to follow were led by Mardachai. Mardachai is the top gun, he is the top spice. He was the Reish Lebesamim, Lit Sadikim He was the number one Gadol, he was the number one Sadik. He was the number one person, the great body that existed after uh, the miracle of Purim by the beginning of the Bayashini, uh, who was number one? Who was the top person? Mardechai. That's what we take away from this Gemara based on Rashi, that the reason why Mardechai is the first of the Bissam because he was the first at Sadikim. Sadikim are Bissamim, they're, they're beautiful, they are aromatic, we call tzaddikim spices, so if we could see that Mardachai was the number one spice, the, the first on the list is Mardurar, umetargamin and Mardachia, it's a raya that Mardachai was number one. So this is what Rav Masna answered to the people of Papunoi, you want to know remez to Mardachai Minataira, very pashat. This week's parsha, the Ata Kachelcham Besamim Reish. These are the Besamim that you should be taking, and the first one is Mar Durar Pure Mar Umetagim Minan Mari Dachia.
Mardechai, number one, the number one tzaddik in Klai Yisrael, the number one member of Antrik Neslech Deilu was Mardechai. And I think it's fascinating that Rashi, based on this Gemara, places Mardechai as number one. When I was a kid, I loved a certain book. It was called, I loved a few books, but one of them was called The Book of Lists. And it basically gives you lists from one to ten of everything that you'd ever want to know. Uh, the fastest man that ever uh, lived. So you have number one, number the top ten. And then there was a top ten, I don't know, fastest car, most expensive boat, whatever you want to know. There was lists, and uh, it was wonderful, because you got your mind got to know who's number one. Everybody wants to know who's the richest man in the world, who is the smartest person, who is the... So you have a book of lists, and it gives you everything from number one to ten, and everybody was very, very interested. It was a best-selling book, Everybody likes to know the status of the best. Who is the best this, and who is the most that, and who is the most popular, etc. So it seems from this Gemara that if I was making a book of lists, I would put Mardukhai at that time as being the number one tzaddik, Mardurar. He was the number one. Rashi says it black and white. He was number one. Now this is very, very disturbing, this Gemara, and I'm surprised that nobody got up and started screaming when, you, when they heard this Rashi, because I know that a lot of you know the Gemara in Megillah, Tesai and Mebez, that the Gemara says, Gadol Tamatayra, Yaseh Atzalas Nefashis, Tamatayra is much more important than even saving lives. As important as saving lives are, is, and it definitely is. We, Jewish people put a premium on life. We love life. We try to save lives. We have Atzala. We have Chaver. And we have whatever we can to uh, organizations. Last Shabbos, I spent in a hospital um, with a member of my family uh, who was sick. And, um, and amazing. Klal Yisrael, what they, you know, the, the care that they take for other people, the Beaker Chaylam room, uh, in South NASA Hospital, I have to give them a shout. It was unbelievable. I, they didn't know that we were coming. I, I literally came mamish like during the 18 minutes uh, before Shkia. I, I, I mean, I drove. I, I, I took an Uber. It was like Shlikos Lagonis Nefashis. And um, I got, they didn't know that I was coming. And there was tons of food, cholent and kugel and fish and uh, everything that you could want. Jews like we love life. We don't love death. We want to we wanna prolong people's lives. We put a premium on people's lives. As important as that is to care for another Yid, but Tyra is more important than that. The Gemara proves this from, from the fact that Mardachai saved Klal Yisrael, undeniably. Mardachai stepped to the plate during Purim. He saved the Jewish people, him together with Esther. And there is a list. If you look in a Pasuk in Ezra, it says who came into the, uh, up with the Bayes uh, to, to b- rebuild the Bayesheni, to live in Eretz Yisrael after, after the Golis, um Paras. So it says, first it counts Mardukai after as number four. After as... Because the Pasuk says in Ezra, Asher Boam Zerubavel, Yeshua... Nehemiah, Sharia, Ralia, Mardachai, Balshin. Later on in Nehemiah, it says, Abam, Zerubabel, Yeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramya, Nachmeni, Mardachai, Balshin. 
so before he saved Klai Yisrael, he was counted after four people. So he was number five on the list. After he saved Klai Yisrael, instead of going up a notch, he went down a notch. He was actually demoted on the list because he should have spent his time, instead of saving Klai Yisrael, he should have been sitting and learning. That's what the Gemara seems to say. Not to say that Klai Yisrael shouldn't have been saved, but it wasn't so pushed. It was not a simple decision that Mardukai made, and he, and he suffered personally for it because he was demoted in terms of the Chashiyot. But what do we get away from this? The takeaway from this Gemara is that Mardukai was not number one on the list. Mardukai was either number five or number six on the list, but he wasn't number one. And that seems to counter what Rashi in Chulin is telling us. What I want to suggest is the following. In order to answer this seeming stira between Rashi and a Gemara, if you have two Gemaras, you could say it's not a stira, it's different mandam. If you have a Rashi, Rashi's got to walk with a Gemara. Rashi can't go against the Gemara. So what exactly could, how could Rav Masna put Mardachai as number one on the list when he was clearly, the Gemara says, either, four or five, either five or six? Listen to a Gemara M'sachim and that's Membezim and Aleph. Another Gemara, Nan Chulun Psachim, Membezim and Aleph. And you see a lot of the same people that we just described in the Gemara in Chulun, i.e. Rav Masna and the people of Papunai. Remember, that was the discussion. The people of Papunai asked, Rav, asked uh, Rav Masna about uh, how is Mardachai Marumas in the Torah, and he told him this answer in Mardura. Look at this Gemara in Psachim. Darash Rav Masna Anche Papunai. Rav Masna went and gave a drasha to the people of Papunai. Isha Laitalosh El Bamaim Shalanu. A woman, when she needs her, her matzah, she's needing the dough to make matzah, so you have to use Mayim Shalanu. Mayim Shalanu. That's the drasha that he gave. He was teaching them, I guess it was before Pesach, he's giving them the Shalom Midarsha Milchas. You have to give drasha. So he was going, giving the women, um, the people of Papunai, a lesson that when your wives go and are kneading the challah, kneading the dough, to make the matzah rather, they should only use mayim shalanu. Now, you don't know what that means. If you don't know the Gemara, you don't know the people of Papunai were simple people. They didn't know what he meant when he said mayim shalanu. What he did mean was that it's water, shalanu, that rested. Meaning you can't, you can't just like draw water up from a spring and then immediately use it to bake your matzah because that's going to be hot and it's going to agitate the, the, the flour and it's going to make the dough rise too quickly. And so it has to cool off overnight. You have to bring it up from the spring and then let it rest a little bit. And that way there's not going to be any agitation. It's going to be able to uh, bake in the proper time. You could... You could Make it. Make sure that it's going to not rise before the 18 minutes. That's what he meant when he said that a woman should not need unless it's with Mayim Shalonu. The people of Papunoi did not understand that. They understood it that in maybe the way that you thought that I meant it, Mayim Shalonu means our water. Mayim Shalonu, not Shalonu like that rested, but rather Shalonu, our water. Meaning you need rabbi water. You can't just take regular Poland spring water. You can't go to key food and buy your water. You can't even open up your sink. You have to come to the rabbis and get the water from the rabbi. Mayim Shalon. You need rabbinically approved water. Just like you need rabbinically approved uh, aluminum foil and soap. 
You have to get a, a, a rabbinically approved water. You can't buy anything unless it has the OUP. That's what you need for the water also. Don't use water unless it's Mayim Shalom. That's how they thought. And the next day, Rabbi Masna wakes up in the morning, he comes out the door, and he sees all the wonderful people of Papunoi with their jugs, with their bottles, with their cups. They're waiting to get the rabbi water. Give me rabbi water. Okay, here's the money and, and whatever it takes. We need the water from the rabbi. Mayim Shalanu. So Rav Masna was very uh, taken aback. He says, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I didn't mean Mayim Shalana. We don't have special water. You go, go take your Poland spring water, use that, that's fine. We just, I just meant that it has to, has to, whatever water you get, you have to make sure that it, that it rests overnight. It's Lanu overnight. It has to have Lina. It has to rest. It cools off a little bit. It doesn't have that, uh, that chemical reaction with the, with the flower that might make it rise too quickly. The Avnei Nezer asks the question on this Gemara. The Avnei Nezer wants to know why exactly is the Gemara bringing this case? Are we trying to like show how simple, is it like a Chelm story, you know, the book of Chelm, like this little, very naive community with uh, people that didn't know any better, Amaratzim. Is that what the Gemara is trying to bring? Like, what, what, what's the Gemara telling us this tale for? What's the, if you want to tell me the halacha about Mayim Shalom, tell me the halacha about Mayim Shalom. Why do you have to couch it in this story that really, you know, seems to put the people of Papunai in a, in a, in a very bad light? There's such Amaratzim, they didn't know the difference between Mayim Shalanu or Mayim Our Water. What's the Gemara bringing this for? So the Abnei Nezer says the following. He says, it's not a put-down on the people of Papunai. It shows the beauty of the people of Papunai. It shows the, the simple emuna pshuta, the, the, the emunas chachamim that Yidin back in the olden days had. If the rabbi gets up and he gives a drasha, and he says that that a woman can only knead the, the dough to make challah with our water. So we would, you know, scratch our heads and say, what, what's the rabbi doing? What, what do he has special H2O? Water is water. What do I have to buy? It's a rabbi. It's a Jew tax. Another, another thing that we have to pay for. It's not enough we have to go to the supermarket and buy salt water. And it's not enough that we have to go to the supermarket and get special, uh, you know, whatever, soap. And toothpaste, but we also have to now go and buy water, the most basic uh, element in life. What's H2O is H2O? Why have to buy it from the rabbi? They didn't say that. That's maybe what we might say. They didn't say that. All they said was if this is what the rabbi said, if this is what Masna said, Nasa Vinishma. We're going to do it. We're going to tomorrow morning bring our jugs, bring our bottles, bring our barrels, and buy it. Whatever it costs, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. The beauty of Klai Yisrael with their simplistic emuna pshuta, their emuna in the chachamim, in the chachmi Yisrael, in the Torah. This is what I have to do, this is what I do. Aye, but they didn't have that aye. They didn't have that question mark in their head. They did it, the rabbi said, do it, this is what they did. He didn't mean it, but that's the way they all understood it, and they didn't question it. They didn't question rabbinic authority. They didn't question Das Taira. They didn't question this is why, that he has this and he has ulterior motives and he's trying to make a profit and he's trying to do this and he's putting us in a... This is what we have to do. This is what we have to do, period. The people of Papunoi go down in history. They're immortalized as people that had Amunah Pshuta in the Chachme Yisrael. They had Amunah's Chachamim, pure and simple, 
And it's the most beautiful of stories in the Gemara. It's not a Chalm story. It's not a put down. It's not, oh my gosh, wow, these guys are real. No, no, no. It's beautiful. Because it shows that this is how Yidin used to be back in the day. They might not have always been the greatest in every single city in the world. There maybe were pockets that they were not, but they were still pure. They were still innocent. They, were, they, they, they had a, a beauty and a love to them of Chachmi Yisrael, of Taira even if they might not understand exactly what uh, is meant, but at least their heart was so involved and so certain that the Chachmi Yisrael are going to be right every time, this is what they did. What I wanted to say based on this Avnei Nezer, this Gemara, is now perhaps we can go back, we can revisit the Gemara in Chulun. Let's look at that Gemara again. Those same people of Papunai that had a Munas Chachamim, they went and they asked her of Masna, Mardachai Minatayr Minayin. Find us where Mardachai. Mardachai, can you imagine what Mardachai was? The people of Apunai, if they had such love of Chachme Yisrael, Mardachai was the savior of Klai Yisrael. Tell us stories about Mardachai. Tell us where Mardachai is in the Taira. Rav Masna understood. He knew the people of Apunai. Rav Masna was the same figure that had this whole mice with Naim Shalanu. So he didn't want to in any way infringe on their love, on their respect, on their fealty to Chachmi Yisrael. So they didn't, he didn't say, well, you know, Mardachai you know, is number five on the list, number six on the list, that would be, no, no, no. Mardachai is number one on our list. Mardachai is Mardachai. So he found the mucker in the Torah, Samim Reish, Mardurar, the number one spice is Mardachai. Mardachai, as Rashi says, was with people of Papunai, they wouldn't understand. He's number four, number five. Keep it pure and simple. The people of Papunai want their Munapshut, pure and simple. That's how you have to serve it up to them. He was number one. Mardachai, as you think he is, as you understand that he was the Gadladar, that's exactly what he was, and he was. But. It's not a stira. In fact, in reality, the Gemara Megillah is telling us that he was actually... But when you're speaking to somebody, when you're telling a child you know, about Mardachai, you don't say, here, put a kid on my lap, and I'm going to tell you the story about Mardachai. He saved Klai Yisrael, but he was demoted. He, he was number four, he was number five on the list, now he's number six on the That's not what we want to hear. We want to hear that Mardachai is number one. Mardachai is Klai Yisrael. Mardachai is the God will be Yisrael. Mardachai saved you. He was the Mashiach Shai Yisrael. And to the people of Papunai, it was very important to maintain that level of Munas Chacham. And whatever the facts on the ground are in terms of what number, that's not relevant to the people of Papunai. When you're giving over Taira to the people of Papunai, maintain their, their image of G'dayli Yisrael, that they're number one, they're the Tzadikim, they're number one, he's the number one Tzadik, he's the number one Anshiknes Agdayla, bar none. And this is a very, very critical lesson for us that we have to have more Amunas Chachamim. Our Amunas Chacham sometimes is a little diminished and I don't think the internet helped that too much. The internet, if you, uh, you, know, if you go on, even, I'm not talking about the really bad sites, I'm talking about even the, the mainstream sites. Sometimes you have 
I would never. I always say, like, it might be a very good business to own uh, one of these Jewish news sites because I think many of us go on it constantly. I know that during the war, I find myself constantly checking out, you know, the Jewish news sites to see what's doing in Eretz Israel minute by minute, practically. But I would never want their Eilam Haba because they put these comments on the bottom. I don't know why they have to do that. Give news. Why do you have to put the comment? The answer is that people are, are coming there to see the comments and every single person anonymously can say anything that they want. And sometimes they speak about G'dayli Yisrael, Rabbonim, in ways that are very, very bad. And that's, going, that's the regular, that's the best of it. I'm not talking about the really bad sites that, that go to town and every Rosh Hashiva and every Gadol and try to find what's wrong and this and that. And, terrible. And it erodes people's amunasacham, whether we realize it or not, even just seeing it for a second, one power of a comment about a gadol, about a, about a leader, about could erode our amunas chachamim. And so it's very important if we're going through our lives to not get jaded and not get cynical about chachmi Yisrael, to respect chachmi Yisrael, put them as number one on our list. This is, wow, you have to look at Klal Yisrael, G'dayli Yisrael, in awe and in reverence and never allow ourselves to in any which way become cynical or, nah, I don't know, you know, we can't play that game. We have to look at Chachmi Yisrael as being number one, every one of them. This is an important lesson in general, but it's especially important as we're coming into the Yantav of Purim, and we're talking today about Mardachai, who's the hero of Purim, and Munas Chachamim played a very critical role in the entire Yeshua of those days in Shushan. Rav Dessler, in his Mechtem Elio, in, in Chelek Aleph, page 75, he has a letter there. I'm, I'm going to like sort of just, I'm not sticking to his letter, I'm going to sort of um, paraphrase what he says, but the lesson of that letter is very profound. He was talking about somebody that was questioning him, Munas Chachamim, I'm not going to go into the details of what the questions were and, what, how, and how he beautifully uh, answered those questions, but in the process he brought up the story of the Megillah, and he said that, you know, we read the Megillah quickly. How long does it take to lay in the whole Megillah? Some people can lay in in 15 minutes. Some people can lay in in a half an hour. Some people can lay in in an hour, whatever it is, but it's a short reading. It's not a, you know, it doesn't take hours and hours. So and, and it sort of just reads like a quick story. If you're, if you're paying attention to the storyline, it seems like it's all like all at one time. They went to a party. Uh, Achashosh made a party in the third year of his, of his uh, reign. And the Jews of Shushan came and they drunk. And then, and then um, you know, Vashti ended up being killed. Haman uh, was uh, promoted. And then uh, Esther took... Esther took the place of, of Vashti. She became queen. Uh, Haman tried to destroy the Jews. And this all took place in like 10 minutes. Right? This all took place like very quickly. It's one after another. Right? That's how the storyline goes. In reality, it took place over nine long years. So at the beginning of the Megillah, that was the third year of the, of the Malchus of Achashverosh. It ends in the 12th year of the Malchus of Achashverosh. So there's nine years in between. This was a long story. Nine years is a long time. So... It starts off that Mordechai told Klal Yisrael, I mean, this is not said in the Megillah, but this is what Chazal tells us, do not go to the party. 
to not go to that party. Achashver is making a party. It's not a place for Yid to be. There's going to be issues of Shmir Sainayim there. It's not appropriate. You should not be going to that party. It's not a place that a Yid should be. Now, it wasn't a food issue. People think, oh, yeah, of course, he's, they're probably serving trade. No, the Gemara says, they had very good mashkichim. The party, Mardachai himself, was the mashkiach of the, of the food at the party, and he was the saramashkim, he was pouring the wine at the party, so, you know, to make sure that there was no yayin esach. Everything was under rabbinical supervision. The food was fine. But the problem is that the Jews were warned, do not attend this party. I know that you want to, I know it's chashiv to get a, an invitation to the White House, and you want to be, but I'm telling you, das is do not go. It's not good to go. Okay. Fast forward, and they went. They didn't listen to the gadol, they went. Somebody just told me the other day, just parenthetically, that um, he told me that he got rid of his smartphone. So he, so he I said, how did you do it? Uh, you know, it's a hard thing. Once you're hooked on it, it's very hard to give it up. He said, I'll tell you how I did it. My daughter came to me and she said that if you were living in the times of Mordechai, you would probably be the type that would go to the party. Because the G'dayim are telling you not to go to the party and you go anyway. G'dayim are telling you not to go and have a smartphone. And you have a smartphone, you're, you're the type that would go to the party. As soon as he heard that, he, he, gave, he, he threw his smartphone in the garbage. My daughter is telling me that I would go to the party of Akashver. That's that, it's not good. Anyway, nine years later, all of a sudden, Mordechai refused to bow down to Haman. As a result of refusing to bow down to Haman, uh, and Haman got upset. He got crazy, and he went and he uh, he told Akashverish that he wants to, you know, he decided he was going to destroy the Jews, hang Mordechai, do the whole plot. And, and there was a gzera against Klai Yisrael to, uh, you know, to be destroyed. Now, you're reading this in the paper. What are you gonna, who are you going to blame? Nine years after that party, Chazal tell us it was because of that party that, at least one sheet is that because of that party, uh, that's why we were deserving to be destroyed. We were mechoyev kalya, because of, we were nenem misudas in shalei Russia. But that's not the way it looks in the newspaper. And the way it looks in the newspaper is, you read the Shushan Times, and it says that Mordechai refused to bow down to Haman. Haman got really in, 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 incensed. And because of that, he went and he, he, he decided to, uh, to destroy the Jews. Now, what would be your attitude reading that in the paper, and uh, next time you see Mordechai, you probably go over to him and say, thanks a lot, you know, because of you, we're all dead. Mordechai, though told the people, I know that this is what it appears to be, but let me tell you the truth. The truth is, is nothing to do with me. I did the right thing by refusing to bow down to Haman. I, had, I felt this was the right thing to do, even though it wasn't Avedizara Mamish, but it was, he felt that he had, to make a, he had to take a stand against Haman and against Avedizara, because Haman did have an Avedizara on his neck, but it's still, halachically, Mordechai could have gotten away with it, but he felt that this is what he had to do. But, why is there a chiyav of kalya? I'll tell you why there's a chiyav of kalya. Because nine long years ago, when I told you not to go to the party, you went to the party. Imagine if I told you that something was happening today because of something that you did in, in, uh, in 2014. 
come on, 2014, that's like, I don't even, you know, I don't, I don't even remember 2014. I can't, I can't tell you one thing I did. That's why we're Mechayev Kain. No, no, it's because you didn't bow down to Haman. It's, very, it's, it's one degree of separation. You connect the dots. You didn't bow down to Haman. Haman wants to kill us. <laughs> You're telling me it's because of a party nine years ago? Who, who, who even remembers that party? But you know what happened? Klai Yisrael heard what Mordechai told them, and they were Mechabalit. And they went and they did tshuva, and they cried to Hashem, they davened to Hashem, we're sorry for going to that party. Now they had to fast to be mechaper for that party, for the hana that they got from that party. And because of that emunas chachamim that Kla Yisrael has, as what Rabbi says, that's why we were zeichet Yeshua. If they had not had that simple, innocent emunas chachamim, we'd all be dead today. We wouldn't be sitting here right now. There, there wouldn't be a land or college, there wouldn't be a Klai Yisrael. Because we, we were cynical. Mordechai is telling, oh, he's, look at this rabbi, he's telling us that it's our fault when he, no, 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 they didn't say that. They had a munah pshuta. They said, Mordechai, if this is what you're telling us, that's because of nine years ago what we did. When we went to that part, we talked and listened to you. We're sorry, we're going to Davin, we're going to get a kapara, and that's exactly what they did. So the entire story of Purim is built on Amunas Chachamim. Mordechai Menaterim Inayin is not just Stam, a beautiful uh, idea that the, the people of Papunai wanted to know where Mordechai is and they told him, and Masna explained to them, using the, uh, the understanding of Amunas Chacham, we have to make sure to always keep the G'dayli Yisrael on the top tier in our minds and say that they're Mardurar L'Rosh L'Chal Samim. Not just Stam, a coincidental vart that we find by Mordechai Menatera. Mordechai represents Amunas Chachamim. Mordechai is a story about Amunas Chachamim. The entire Purim is built on the fact that Klal Yisrael possessed Amunas Chachamim beyond the rational understanding. Mayim Shalanu. They believed so purely in the greatness of G'dayli Yisrael that this is what enabled them to be saved. If not for that, Emunas Chacham, that spark of Emunas Chachamim, they would say, You're, this is ridiculous, we're not doing tshuva, let Mordechai do tshuva, and, and that would be the end. And that's not just for Mordechai in that generation. Maybe you're thinking, okay, that was Shkayach, Mordechai. Mordechai. Mordechai was God uh, Ladar. What do we have today? The Gemara says, and Chazal bring it, Rashi brings it, that every single dar has their G'dayli Yisrael. And every single generation has their leader, and you can't even compare leaders. You can't say, well, we don't have a Meishra Feinstein anymore. We don't have a Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. We don't have a Stipler. We don't have a Chaim Kanievsky anymore. So who do we have? I don't even know anyone... Every single dar has G'dayli Yisrael, and every single dar has to hold their G'dayli Yisrael in the highest reverence, whether it's Svardisha G'daylem, Ashkenazisha G'daylem, Chasidisha, Litvisha, it doesn't matter. These are our G'daylem, and this is what we have to hold up in the highest regard, not just in our own eyes, but in the eyes of our wives, in the eyes of our children, in the eyes of our friends, in the eyes of our family, in the eyes of, of Klal Yisrael, there has to be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. These are our G'dayim. We have to be able to continue to 
make sure that they are held in the right esteem. And if you're ever in a place that says, ah, we don't have G'daylam anymore, we don't have Paiskim anymore, we don't, have, don't accept that and make a macha because it's totally against what the Torah is built on. We don't have a, a nation if we don't have G'day Yisrael. If we don't have the Eni Ha'eda, if we blind out the eyes of our generation, the eyes of the nation, which is what Chazal call G'daylam, then we have nothing, then we're literally blind. The only reason why we have a people is so that we have, because we have Taira and we have the people that decipher the Taira, which are G'dayli Yisrael. Amunas Chachamim is not just a Sif Katan in Taira. It's one of the major, most fundamental ideals and ideas of Taira is that we have the Taira, but the Taira itself was given over to the Chachmeya Taira to understand. If you just have a Chumash, you don't know anything about anything. You don't understand. If you have just Gemara, you don't know anything about anything. How are you going to pass in Shilas today about in vitro fertilization, about uh, microwave ovens, about warming drawers, about from a Gemara. Go, go show me where the Gemara speaks about these things. How do we know the halacha? How do we know about anything? Because we have G'dayli Yisrael that have a Messiah and they have the ability to understand their Medayik in certain, uh, in Gemaras and Rishinim, to understand how to take away lessons, how to take away Yisaitis from Chazal, from Gemaras, to understand in halacha, in hashkafa, what we do. Otherwise, we're lost. If we don't have people interpreting the Torah, we don't have a nation, we don't have Torah. So it's very important to maintain this pristine idea and vision of what the G'day Yisrael are and never allow ourselves to get cynical, never allow ourselves to, in any which way, uh, have that emunah pshuta eroded by the zeitgeist, by the spirit of the times that we live in, where we're surrounded by so much cynicism, by so much um, negativity and noise, ugly noise about G'dayli Yisrael, we're in yeshiva and we have to make sure that we stay uh, very much in this beautiful philosophy, this beautiful understanding of, like the Anshei Papunai, that G'dayli Yisrael are G'dayli Yisrael. Just want to end with a, a beautiful story. Um, we live in Kew Gardens Hills, right? This is Kew Gardens Hills. A, a neighboring city is Kew Gardens. Kew Gardens has a very prominent yeshiva called Sharatira. And the Rashiva of Sharatira, the original Rosh Hashiva, the founding Rosh Hashiva, who was Nifter um, maybe 10 years ago, maybe more, his name was Rabzelik Epstein. Rebzelik Epstein was a, uh, a, a, a gadol b'Yisrael mamish, a gadol b'Tayra. He was known as a, a very big pikeach. People would come to him to ask him etzis and hadracha. He was, he was originally, he lived in Williamsburg, and he was a Rosh Hashiva in, uh, in Tervedas, I believe. And then he eventually went and he, he started his own yeshiva, Shara Tyra. He lived in Flatbush, and he would commute to Kew Gardens. But he was known as being mamish like the, the Reich. He was the head. Like Rav Shach looked at him as being the, the, the Gadol Bisrael. He wanted him to take a more active role and be like in the Mayetzes, be in the Aguda. And he, he didn't really want any of it. He just wanted to sit and learn, have his yeshiva. And, but he, he wasn't really in, in, interested in being very active on the national, international level. But he was no, it was known that he was it. He was the man. 
when he lived in Williamsburg, and it's interesting, just as an aside, I once drove him home from a, a chasna. Um, I was learning in Chaim Berlin. The chasna was in, uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was in a story. Anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. It was a chasna hall, and this was before the, the, the days of Waze and uh, GPS. So I was just driving, and I thought I knew how to get home. I got very lost. And I got lost. I was uh, sitting with the Gadol Hadar right next to me. And I was literally in the worst part of, of Brooklyn. I have no idea, you know, where I was. It was really bad. There were people, they were coming towards the car. It was like, you know, it was a different, it was very scary. I, I, I like, great. I, you know, I have the Galadar with me and, you know, look, look, look what I did. So um, I said, you know, Rashiva, I don't really know, you know, where we are. I think I'm going to pull over. He says, what do you mean you don't know where you're Go down three blocks, take a left, and get a right. You're going to get back onto the BQE. You're going to be, you're going to, we're going to be fine. I was like, how do you know that? He says, I, I, I live here. I lived here for many years. I lived in Williamsburg for many years. I know, this, I know these streets. Anyway, so when he lived in Williamsburg, during that coup of his life, uh, he, um, he went into an appetizing store that's still, it's still in business today, I don't think there, but in general, Schwartz is appetizing. Anyone hear of it? Like they have it in Gourmet Glad and in, uh, in Brooklyn. There's a lot of branches of Schwartz's appetizing. It's the original. They sell herring and they sell kogolomi. A lot of good stuff. So he went in there to buy something and uh, a small item. And he, I'm sorry, not, I said Schwartz. I meant Flaum's. Flaum's appetizing. Okay, it's all, that's, that's in business. Schwartz is also in business. Flaum's in business still today, I believe. But he gave Mr. Flaum, the original proprietor of the store, um, he gave him money, and it was, let's say, uh, 50 cents for a herring back in those days. So Mr. Flaum gave him back 50 cents change, change for a dollar. So Rabzelik looks at him, and he says, uh, Mr. Flaum, I gave you a $20 bill. I, gave you a tw- I didn't give you a dollar, I gave you a $20 bill. So Mr. Flaum says, Okay, and he went to his cash register, he gives him back an additional $19, and, um, and, uh, and that was it. He, uh, every, everything was fine, good Shabbos, goes home, Rebzella goes home, and he finds that now he has two $20 bills in his pocket. And he realizes that he made a mistake. He didn't give Mr. Flam a $20 bill, he gave him a single. Mr. Flam was 100% right. So he goes back to the store, and he said to him, um, he said, you know, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. You know, you obviously knew. That's why you gave me 50 cents to begin with. I thought it was 20, I gave you a dollar, and you gave me the right change, but I, 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 guessed, I, I second-guessed you, and, and you gave me $19 extra. So Mr. Flaum said with a smile, he says, I knew that. I, I knew you didn't give me a 20. I knew you, I knew you gave me a single. Sir Zellick said, if you knew that, then why didn't you say anything? You knew it, so why just tell me, Rabbi? You know, you gave me a you gave me a single. I'm sorry, but you, you know, you made a mistake. And Mr. Flam said, "I would never contradict a rabbi. If a rabbi says that he gave me a twenty, that's it. You can't veer off of what the rabbis tell you. The rabbi says, but I know that you gave me a single. Don't give me this Das Torah business or Amunas Chacham business. I know a single from a 20. Well, Chazal say that, don't veer to the right or to the left. You know what Chazal say? If they tell you 
if a rabbi comes over to you and says that you know the right hand that you think is the right hand, it's really your left hand. And your left hand, from now on, we're going to call that the right hand. Wait, wait a minute, but it's an L, right? My mother told me it's an L is the left hand. No, no, from now on, it's an R. Now it's an R. Your left hand's your right hand, your right hand's your left hand, and that's it. Chazal say that that's it, that's it. From now on, your right hand is officially your left hand, and your left hand's your right hand. What do you mean? The how, that, that's not true. It's not true? If the Chachmi Yisrael say it's true, it's true. Period. But I'm smart, you're not smarter than them. If you feel you're smarter than them, that's a problem. That's the beginning of the end. The minute that we feel that we have the answers, we know the right Ashkab, but we have the, they don't have the facts right, they don't know the politics, they don't know the geopolitics, they don't know the, the financial issues involved, they don't have, you know, and we question, how, why did the Gdalim do this, they should have done that. The second that that happens, that's the slippery slope that has no, no bottom. Rebzelik says, I gave, you gave me a 20? That's a 20. And the dollar suddenly became a $20 bill. Ah, but you knew it. I'm not going to question a rabbi. What the rabbi says is what, this is what I believe. Part, that's the religion. That's not naivete. That's not old school Jews. That's, that's the religion. That's a chilek. That's part and parcel of what our religion is built upon. That chachme Yisrael, gedayle Yisrael, peske Yisrael, you don't question them. You are makabal what they say. You're mevatel yourself to their das, even if their das is not, it's not aligned with your das, and you feel that your das is the right das. I'm sorry, but it's not. And there's a famous quote, it's, it's attributed, I think, to a smag, but it's, uh, that it's, it's, it goes something like that the das balabayas is opposite das taira. Meaning that Whatever a, a balab- you want to know what das Torah is, you go over to a balabayas. You ask him what, what's your opinion on the Gaza war? What's your opinion about uh, the shidduch crisis? What's your opinion about about uh, I don't know about English and, and whatever they tell you, do the opposite. The opposite is das Torah. What does that mean? It means that we have we have no idea about what the Torah says on any subject because we have you know our ideas, our own opinions. That's very nice, but where are your opinions from? Where, where are, Rebbe Khan is quote, quoted in, in, uh, in, in one of the Svarim, in the, um, in the Kaivitz Mamarim, in the new Kaivitz Mamarim, they have some sidebars that has quotes from Rebbe Khanan, not as part of the, the official Sefer of Kaivitz Mamarim, but in addendum, in addition. And he says that really everybody has Das Taira. Everybody, because we all learn Taira. We're in Yeshiva, we learn. But your Das Taira is based in percentages. So let's say if... How much do we learn? Let's say we learn, and I'll be generous, 10% of the day. 15% of the day we learn. Okay, so you, you have 15% Das Taira. Let's say Rosteinemann, Rosteinemann who learns 100% of the day, he has 100% Das Taira. So when Rosteinemann has an opinion on a matter, when Rosteinemann Kanievsky has an opinion on a matter, when Rosteinemann Kanievsky has an opinion on a matter, so that's 100% Das Taira. When we have an opinion, I mean, we, maybe we learn a little bit, maybe we have a little spark of Das Taira, but we can't claim to have that degree of Das Taira. So when we see something, we have to understand that it's, it's not necessarily the right way of looking at something. It's not necessarily the Taira's perspective. How do you know what the Taira's perspective is? You have to go to somebody whose brain is completely molded and saturated with the, with the Taira, with the Chachmas Taira, and the Lambdas of the Taira, and the Svaras of the Taira, 
and the and the vision of the Torah, and they'll be able to decipher what is what what's really the opinion of the Torah on this matter. Just the same rabbis that are telling us the, their opinion about about using a warming drawer on Shabbos and about whether or not you can uh, uh, whatever uh, whatever the pressing issues of the day are. That's the same gedayim that we have to respect. With everything across the board, not just halachic shilas, but ashkafic shilas and political shilas and everything. And this is the importance that we have to, I think everybody knows that I'm saying there's no chidushim here today, but it's, some, it's very important for all of us to reiterate it and chazer this over and review it because if you're not hearing it and if I'm not saying it and we're not engaged in it, then we could become very. Uh, very cynical. It's very easy to be cynical. It takes, you know, just like that, you just hear somebody speak at a Shabbos table about that, and boom, all of a sudden our minds are, are impressed with a certain cynicism and negativity about rabbis, about Gedalim, about Das Tyro. You could, you, I could, you could destroy everything with one little, with one comment, with one snide comment, everything. It's important for us to double down understand the beauty of the people of Papunai, to understand the greatness of Mardachai, like the people in Shushan, in Klayasar, were able to understand that it's not Mardachai's fault, it's our fault. Nine long years ago, if that's what he's saying, that's what I believe. Like Mr. Flaum, to be able to understand that whatever G'day Yisrael say, that's what it is, not Sabanishma. I'm a Kabul, whatever you say, I'm a Vatl, my Das, to your Das. I know that you are the Gadol, and I am but a, a mere Yid that needs to follow G'day Yisrael. And if we have that attitude, then Amir Hashem, we will be Matzliach in every facet of our lives. Have a beautiful Shabbos, everybody.